All right, welcome back to Wrestling Tonight. I am your host, Mad Dog Butch. With me as always, the Billy Joe Travis to my gorgeous Gary Young. (laughs) None other than Brace Beamer. Good night. Have a good night, everyone. Let's go home. (laughs) I just wanted to do that today. (laughs) Uh, So we've been off for a couple weeks. Um... And we're back. Yeah, tour, uh, we've been tour trying the to, Yeah, we yeah. Well, we've been trying to get this done uh, for the last couple of weeks, but for outside reasons, we haven't been able to. But finally, today we are going to discuss WrestleMania three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, you and I both were able to attend this WrestleMania. Oh, heck yeah. Um, and this took place on Sunday, March 29th, 1987 at the Pontiac Silverdome, of course. Um, and uh, <clears throat> just, um, I, I mean, what I remember about it was you, like before the show, leading up to the show, uh, you had got tickets, I believe. You had gotten uh, a ticket for me. And I don't know if I just didn't tell my dad or what, but uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm all set to go with you. And then a little while before, probably like a week before the show, my dad says he wants to go and ends up getting tickets for me, uh, him, my cousin Eddie, um Break kayfabe here. Some of the people that used to watch the Jabber Hour, EW, mm-hmm. um, and Steve Salters, a, a friend of ours. Um, now, now, so who did you end up sitting next to at uh, WrestleMania three? John Shabilla and Ryan Felix. Okay. Yeah. Um, I should also mention <clears throat> that featured. You'll never see me because I'm way up in the nosebleed. I, I don't know. Can you see yourself? No, the, because uh, it's too dark. Thing? Okay. Yeah, I tried to pause a bunch of times because we were right up behind the entrance where they came out. But it was like okay. 20 rows up higher than that, probably. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no chance. But a couple of our friends are featured on there a couple times. Yeah. Um, the original Rhino, Ryan Rabb. Uh, Jeff Kendall Nelson, one yeah. half of the ACDC Express, and his brother, Kurt, yeah. who were mentioned the last time we were here. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they're getting a lot of uh, ink on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, and, and, and one other thing that I remember about the show, like the very first house show, this was probably, this had to be probably the third WWF show that I had attended, uh, uh, I believe. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the first one was a house show in probably 1985 in uh, at Joe Lewis. And I had gotten a Roddy Roddy Piper shirt, the Hot Rod shirt, at that one. 
Um, I didn't get anything at the second one, which I think was uh, some show that they did at the fairgrounds at the. Uh, oh yeah, during, they used to do the those. Michigan State Fair. Yeah, yeah, and then so WrestleMania three, Valentine and Hogan <laughs> was a big main event on one of those. Yeah, that's uh, they had a battle royal. I want to say the the main event of the one I was at was a battle royal that I want to say the Junkyard Dog one, but uh, <laughs> but they had matches. <clears throat> excuse me, they had matches leading up to that, but. Uh, and then WrestleMania three, so I had already had the Roddy Roddy Piper T shirt, so I bought. I remember buying the the purple Macho Man T shirt, Macho Man Randy Savage T shirt with the sunglasses on it. Yeah, I remember at, that at that at that show. <clears throat> Did you buy any merchandise at WrestleMania three that you remember? Didn't you buy? I'm thinking you bought a Jake the Snake Roberts shirt. Yeah, I think it was. You know what? That might have been the Saturday night main event that they had at the Joe prior to WrestleMania. Okay. That was leading up to yeah. this WrestleMania. Yeah, because right? I think that was the first wrestling show that I went to. Oh, okay. Was, was that one? Okay. And I, I think it was there. All right. I don't, I don't, I, I don't remember buying any merch at WrestleMania. Okay. But it could have been one of the two. I mean, it was so long ago. And then we made yeah. the trade. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I got a Piper <laughs> shirt I, for I a up, Jake the Snake shirt. <laughs> yeah. Then I ended up outgrowing the Jake the Snake shirt like a week later. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> But hey, whatever. <laughs> oh, regarding the, um, uh, you mentioned a couple of our buddies in the in the crowd, Ryan Rab and Jeff Nelson. They used that shot of those guys and Just Brother Kurt. Um, they they were centered in this shot, and they used that shot over and over and over. They for do literally every all WrestleMania the, all the way up until now. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I haven't seen it in a few years because I kind of dropped out of that you know that watching scene, but. Well, I'm, I'm cool. probably exaggerating a bit, yeah. but but they did use it a lot. And another and another thing that shot where it came from was in between, I think the first and second match, because if I'm right, the second match is a battle of the full Nelsons. <laughs> so uh, it was in between the first and the second match. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So in you know. Battle of the full Nelsons, you have both Nelsons there, so it wasn't a battle of the half Nelsons, it was the full Nelson. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's get into it. Um, one thing I will say about this WrestleMania, uh, two things that stick out that we're not, I'm not going to talk about every single time, but um, it, it, it seemed like they were kind of getting away from the gimmicky stuff and the guest stuff and, and kind of focused more on the matches and the build-up to the matches, I thought. Yeah, compared it, to the... In, in this one. Because really, the, there was only like a few, a handful of uh, celebrity guests yeah. on, on this one. Um, Thankfully, and yeah, exactly. And on top of it, because it was such a long way from the locker room to the ring, they brought everybody out in these mini rigs that uh, yeah. you know brought brought them there and back. Some people chose not to use it a couple times, either there or back. But uh, but for the most part, everybody kind of rode on these. Uh, you know these tractor pulled. Yeah, it looked uh, like a modified little, little, little forklift little deal. It yeah. looked like a ring. Those were cool. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, but okay, so let's get into it. We start off with a introduction by Vince McMahon. <clears throat> he welcomes us to the arena, and he introduces Aretha Franklin, who sings "America the Beautiful." Um, a quality he, rendition. Decent job. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> then from there. We get Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura introducing us to pretty much the the two uh, only celebrities we, we see 
throughout the rest of the night, and that's uh, Mary Hart and Bob Euchre. Hmm. Now, right after this, I had a seizure, and I, that was the end of what I saw because Mary Hart started talking, and <laughs> her voice gives me a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> Just and, kidding. And Ventura and Monsoon, my favorite commentary duo of all time. Yeah, uh, one thing that I will say, Gorilla, I love Gorilla. His, his commentary was great, but he needed to look up the definition of literally. <laughs> First of all, he used that term so much. And, again, it, it's not literal if he's talking about stuff that's not literal, which <laughs> which, he had, which he did quite a bit. And I really noticed it. Towards the end, I was like, man, I should have kept counting how many literals. Literally, yeah, like a drinking game. Said, but yeah, I didn't even notice so, that. I didn't even notice. I, I did. I noticed it right off the bat because he didn't use it in the proper context. Oh, okay. and so then every time he said it, I would like you know, it, I, I, I'd notice it. But. Dude, you look like you're, you're mad at me with that new mask on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a little tight. I'm breaking it in today, so uh, hopefully my big head will stretch it out. A little bit better. yeah make sure the camera gets a good shot that's a it's a quality mask uh oh monsoon speaking of monsoon he, he did a great job with the um you know with the celebrities oh yeah, yeah. i mean he, he was always like he good. kind of always did I yeah mean, even even he knew how to handle knew what how to get them engaged in and even and you could tell that <clears throat> that even if he was annoyed by something they were saying he just kind of gloss over it, you know, yeah. or kind of like move on or kind of throw something out there that they could like respond to or, or just move on. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we, then we get Howard Finkel introducing or being the ring announcer for match. I will say this. I just saw Howard Finkel and, uh, he's not looking well. I don't know what is wrong with him. I just saw a current picture of him, but I know that he's not doing well. So really, uh, yeah. So too unfortunately bad. he, he might not be around too much longer, but oh. uh, but anyway, or he one might live. Grades. He might live forever. I don't know. But um, so we go to match one, which is Mar- Rick Martell and Tom Zank, the Can Am Connection, <laughs> versus Magnificent Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton with Mister Fuji. Now I thought. Now did you notice this, or maybe maybe I was hearing things, but it seemed like Martell and Zank kind of got a mixed reaction from the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I noticed that. Which I, I don't remember that before. <laughs> I, I thought that they were like really popular, like right off the bat. You which know, I mean, I think they were, but for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's the like opening got... match too. And yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> you know that that brings up a point. Like a lot of times, you know, you can go back and watch so much wrestling now that we didn't have yeah. access to when we were a kid, right. or even what we've seen before. Like you know, if I put in an old tape. <laughs> or yeah. just watch something that I've already seen and know on the internet, the way the, the sound is now. Yeah. Could, you know, you can hear like a lot of booze or a different reaction, different noises from the crowd that you just couldn't hear when we were kids. Because mm-hmm. most of the stuff that I watched was on a, you know, like a little mono TV. And if it had, <laughs> right. you know, like a stereo sound, yeah. they were like 10 yeah. watt speakers. You right. Know? Yeah. You know what? I never even thought about <laughs> yeah. that aspect of it. But um, I mean, I don't remember that in, you know, I, it was a long time ago, but I don't remember, you know, obviously we were in the crowd. I don't remember, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah. but uh, the, the getting the mixed reaction. Uh, Five minutes and 37 Jason, seconds. I, I want to say this. <laughs> Jason the Basher Klaus 
just commented. He said, uh, in front of 20,000, the Can-Ams are huge. In front of 90,000, not so much. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's about right. Yeah, you know? that, that, that could have a lot to do with well, it. Well, you know, I mean, really, if you think about it, that 90,000 crowd, they're not all hardcore wrestling fans like you would see on the... True. You know, like on the Superstar show. True. And, and the Can-Ams had not been in there very long. Yeah. I mean, they really had not right. been in there that long. Um, they, this was probably their biggest test to date, at, at least that, that anybody had seen. They might have wrestled some people on house shows up, up until this point. But, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, how, how long was the match time on this? Five minutes and 37 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Definitely not enough time for this amount of talent in the ring, and that'll be a truism laced throughout this card. Right. But what are you going to – I mean, what can you do? Really, really. Uh, I mean, you know, it was it was fine for what it was. Eventually, this leads to it kind of plants the seed for later on. Magnificent Morocco and Bob Orton breaking up as a team. Um, Tom Zenk was not around very much longer uh, because he ended up finding out that Rick Martel was making a lot more money than him. And he got a bug up his butt and. Got out of there. Andy had a penchant for uh, jumping up off of the mat out of people's finishers, you know. <laughs> but I don't think that had anything to do with it. You and I noticed that, but I don't think anybody else noticed that. Uh, one thing that I do want to point out uh, that I found pretty funny, I, I mean, not funny, but but at the time, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it is funny, that uh, Jesse Ventura was always getting on the case of referee Joey Morella when he was working with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. And he was Gorilla Monsoon's uh, stepson, yeah. Um, which I, I didn't know until years later, but uh, but he was always on Joey Merlo's case huh. back then. I noticed it through the whole thing. I mean, yeah. and, and that brought back the memories of him always doing it. But but anyway, I mean, you know, decent enough opener, I guess. Yeah, I you, mean, you no, know, nothing wrong with it. But. You know, one thing that that I took a note for with Cowboy Bob Orton, you know, one of the greatest technicians ever in the ring, you know, that's what a lot of people say. Yeah. And it's hard to argue against that. But, yeah. and I read this, I was out in the internet Netherlands somewhere, just browsing forums and reading on stuff. And some guy brought up a point. He's like, he's like, man, for as good as Bob Orton was, what are his like standout matches? You know, that, yeah. that people go back and watch and say, Oh, you got to see this thing. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, the- there's one with Adonis that's kind of famous from down South, you know, but yeah. You know, no, I, I I agree with you, and and I was a big Bob, and I was a big Cowboy Bob Orton yeah. fan actually, uh, and, and I liked his matches. But you're right, there was like, and nothing... I don't mean that to slot him, but I right. think it's more like positioning, you know, where yeah. he was in the card, you know, because yeah. he was always the guy to help get the other guys over. But even Piper just even the way that he worked, just the way that he worked, I I I just wouldn't say that he would ever have a match that would just stand out. Yeah. That way. Um, Didn't deliver a lot of heat. He's kind of solid and steady. I mean, the crowd hated him. Yeah. I, I mean, and I don't know if that was because he was with with Piper or, or what. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he could draw the heat from the crowd. But it was just the way that he worked, I think, that you're not going to get a match, like, that anybody is ever going to put in their, you know, top 10 or Top 100 even. (laughs) And he could be such a good worker. He's just working to his spot on the card, you know, and if he's working a main event, maybe you get something a little different. A lot of guys are like that. He's probably one, but just never positioned 
Yeah, you know, I mean, for I most mean, memorable, very matches. solid worker. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. Oh yeah, uh, ex- great. Executed everything great. Yeah. Kind of had the slower pace. Um, made everything count. There wasn't like a lot of wasted movements, but, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying there. Um, next we get a video recap of the Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules feud. Now this was not actually marketed as a full Nelson versus full yeah, Nelson. Yeah, they should have. But I remember I, but at watching the time. this, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they both won with the full Nelson, but they sh- just to add something a little bit to it, they could have said, you have to win with the full Nelson. Yeah. Um, but uh, any, anyway, so that goes into uh, the match. Or actually, then we get Mean Gene interviews Heenan and Hercules. That takes us to match number two, which is Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules. Hercules' his mythological uh, promo. He what? He what? His mythological promo that he went into. You know, he was talking talking about Hercules, the mythical figure. Oh and, yeah, and all that. It's kind of right. You know, it, it was kind of weird because it was so like scripted. He did a good job with it. Yeah, it was almost like a Saturday Night Main Event type promo. That's kind of what it reminded me of. But yeah. just just to yeah, know, yeah. Um, so, um, Billy Jack ends up, no, it ended up being a double count out. Yeah, it was a double count out. Um, because, oh no, and then after Hercules busts Billy Jack Haynes open with the chain and we get some blood. Um, <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes also, uh, when they're outside of the ring and Billy Jack has Hercules locked in the, in the full Nelson, he pukes. Uh, it, 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 they they cut away from it really fast, but uh, but you can catch it right as it's coming up. Uh, I remember like noticing that when I first saw. I it, didn't but, even notice like watching it again. Yeah, it just you could barely see it. It's just like he's got a minute. It starts to come up and they cut like right away. Uh. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> um, Billy Jerk juiced on this one too. It was a good cut. That was nice to see. Yeah, I know that that was, that was good. Um, Who do you think would win in a real fight between those two? Because those are two of the heralded. Yeah, you know, I don't know about kind, that. Kind of tough guys, right? That people really wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. About I was that. thinking about that during the match. Maybe I'd go with uh, Herc. That's who I'd take anyway. Billy uh, Jack's a you know little what? more crazy, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm going to take Billy Jack because I mean he's he's just gone totally off his rocker at this point. But Hercules but, legitimately but... ripped a car door off of a car, so <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tough call. Yeah. I'd have to think about that one. Um, so then we go into a interview with Mean Gene along with King Kong Bundy, <laughs> uh, which takes us to match three. Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook, along with King Kong Bundy versus Little Beaver, the Haiti Kid, and Hillbilly Jim. Um, how the Mighty Have Fallen from WrestleMania 2, the main event uh, against Hulk Hogan in a cage, to being in this match in WrestleMania 3 if you're King Kong Bundy. Um, match ends on a DQ when Bundy body slams and drops the elbow on Little Beaver. And then the midgets all unite against him <laughs> and kind of chase him off at the end. And then everybody feels good about themselves. Yeah. You know, I noticed on the way to the ring, the, uh, the bad guy, little Tokyo, you know, they're supposed to be the heels with Bundy and who was the other 
partner, Lord Littlebrook. Yeah. They're coming, to, and then Little Tokyo is, like, waving to the crowd. He's, like, all happy, and he's supposed to be the bad guy. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, going back real quick, speaking of that, uh, when Hercules, did you notice when Hercules was going to leave, he got on the trailer thing, and the guy started to take off before he was on there? And he, like, runs up there, and he's, like, just yelling at the guy. No. The yeah, real quick. I must have turned my attention away from that. Yeah, it was just real fast, but it was just something I caught. I have to he, go. That's... He wasn't all the way stepped up there, and the guy, like, started to take off. And you see him kind of slip. Huh. Then he, like, runs up to the front, and he's, like, letting the guy have it a little bit. I'm off my review game. That's two <laughs> things out of that that <laughs> you saw that I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, so that matches what it is, whatever. Well, uh, you know, they didn't. They dubbed over because I watched it on the WWE Network. They mm-hmm. dubbed over "Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy" with some other generic track. <laughs> you could still hear it though. Yeah, you yeah, could hear a little it, bit. But then they just added like louder banjos over it, so you could kind of hear it. See, and I don't understand that because that was one of their own songs. But I don't know. I guess. Well, it had maybe it has something. That they like parted ways with Jim Johnston. Yeah, and maybe was it had he something around to do back with then, that. Though? I don't think yeah. he was around all the I, way. Yeah, back he, then. Was. he was. I didn't think they got him until the '90s. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's somebody else then. Maybe they did. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, because I thought that it was, well, I don't want to get into that. We'll talk about that on another show. Um, Then we get a. I got a couple other things on that one. Uh, Little Beaver's trunks. They looked older than Ole Anderson's (laughs) wrestling boots. (laughs) You know? Yeah, they did. They were like the 60s, you know, I don't know, like a skin color almost. Like Robert Gibson's first pair of Rock and Roll Express trunks. It was kind of weird. Yeah, and the, you know, in this where I noticed it was like pretty loud for a stadium show. And granted, yeah. it's an indoor stadium, but a lot of the stadium shows seem to lose a lot of the, you know, yeah. like like the sound, but not the yeah. Silverdome. Of course, it's known for that for when the Lions played there being pretty loud. Right. And a, and a quote from uh, Bob Euchre: "There's a lot of beaver running around all over this <laughs> oh, place." Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, that was one of the things that I was thinking of. Gorilla just kind of moved on from there. They they kind of ignored that comment just, just <laughs> yeah. moved on but that's funny because i had seen this you know who knows how many times i had seen wrestlemania 3 uh <laughs> you know after i was there but yeah I, I don't know if i ever caught on to that until this time that that's what he said <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't i don't remember i probably only watch it a couple times i you know i generally i didn't go back and watch that one a lot yeah one other thing that bundy elbow drop on uh Little Beaver was sweet, and yeah, Little Beaver deserved every bit of that. Like, <laughs> at times it sounded like Ventura was like the voice of reason out there on the right. on the commentary. Oh yeah, big time. Because yeah. like the good guy, I mean, the other announcers were just such shills for the good guys yeah, back then, like McMahon. It was like know? yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, and the story is that that when Vince told Jesse that he was going to be doing that, he's like, you know, he's basically like. If you believe it, it's true. Yeah. Just go out there. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you do. And so, yeah, a lot of times he did come off as the voice of reason. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I think that that was kind of like always what he did, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So then we get an interview with Mary Hart, who is who wants to interview Miss Elizabeth. But uh, Macho Man, of course, can't have that. So he comes in and interrupts and takes Elizabeth away. That was done pretty well for having like a B-list celebrity in there, I thought. I I mean, you know, I for what it was. I mean, Mary, Mary Hart is you know a a good interviewer. I yeah, mean, you know, I'm sure, and you know, it's she's entertainment too. So yeah, uh, 
uh, you know, a lot of them can come in there and do that well. And I, I thought she did a, she actually did a decent job throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I, I think thought. so too. She was way better than the, than the celebrities from, the and, one from yeah. WrestleMania too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we get a video recap of the feud leading up to the next match, which is Junkyard Dog <laughs> against King Harley Race. Harley Race. Uh, then we get an interview with Mean Gene with Harley Race, the Fabulous Moolah, and Bobby Heenan. Um, then we get a interview with Junkyard Dog. Um, that leads us to match four. Like I said, Junkyard Dog versus Harley Race. The loser must bow to the other one. Harley wins that with a belly to belly suplex. That was continuing awesome Junkyard Dog's WrestleMania losing streak. Well, I take that back. He did win on a reverse decision of WrestleMania yeah. one that I forgot about. But uh, but yeah, and uh, I believe this was Junkyard Dog's last WrestleMania. This one was really, I believe so. Hmm. I have to check into that, but I think it might have been. I'll be damned. Yeah. yeah, he was such a big name in there. I like, yeah, I like this match. He was yeah, not a, yeah, not a bad match. Decent. Um, and it was I think short, it, you know, four twenty-two. You know, but so. yeah, uh, I mean Harley for being Harley at the time. I mean, <laughs> and, and being like a little bit older was bumping around like a pinball. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what he's known for his bumps. You know. Yeah. He really never stopped tape, taking them. Yeah. He's a machine. Right. You know? So they give him, actually, you know, he got a relatively clean victory. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, besides Heenan jumping up and distracting JYD, but, you know, <laughs> it, that goes into the belly-to-belly suplex and, you know, pretty much gets a clean victory. <laughs> uh, Junkyard Doug does bow to him and then gets up and punches him and takes the, the crown and the, and the uh, cape. What they what or, they call or did it? Take like the a, crown or just the? the I cape? think the crown too. Yeah. What then, they call it? A curtsy? Just well, first to he curtsy and... to him, but then he did oh, okay. he did bow. Yeah, he did actually <laughs> bow to him. But I think that that match probably surprised a lot of people. Like if you're if you're a WWF fan, strict WWF fan in 1987, you're probably wondering why Harley Race is getting the push that he that he's getting. <laughs> yeah. You probably thought that Junkyard Dog was going to squash him. Yeah, and uh, that did not happen. Yeah, Harley Race was awesome. Some nice punching in this match too. Both of them can throw the uh, haymakers. Yeah, that's that's true. Definitely. <laughs> I wrote down something uh, from the Junkyard Dog interview. Here's a quote: "Just as sure as I'm black and the day is sunny," <laughs> he said he wasn't gonna bow. <laughs> it's just like fun stuff like that that you know people are so afraid to do on TV or anything now. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Solid lockups in the match. I mean, it was just something that you would never even think of back then. I mean, it's not even <laughs> anything that would like like a lot of stuff that they said back then. It's just yeah, it just they, comes off like you're you would BSing amongst like... friends or something. <laughs> yeah, or just talking trash with somebody. Yeah. Oh, did you notice the uh, Harley Race missing the diving headbutt off of the ring apron onto the floor? I did. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, like I said, yeah, Harley bumped around. <laughs> great in that match uh I, you know i think that that's what really made made that match more than anything yeah was the way harley was bumping around but, and uh, a good chair shot from harley to the uh junkyard dog or no it's from dog nice oh, chair yeah. shot in that <laughs> oh yeah that's, that, that's the way to do it i mean perfect uh then we get let me go on to an interview with vince mcmahon along with Hulk Hogan. 
uh, uh, I didn't even I didn't even take notes on any oh, of that. Oh man! Why? What do you got to say about it? Just the way McMahon was selling, <laughs> he, he, the way McMahon was selling the interview, you know, because basically you oh, just sit there right. and okay. hold the mic. I remember, yeah. And Hogan's going off, and he kind of just his facial expressions and the way he was leaning. Yeah. It was like so overdone. It was so like cliche, but it was so McMahon. It yeah. was almost like. I don't know if anybody remembers Larry Nelson in the AWA, how he would sell. It was similar in that vein, you know? Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I do remember. <laughs> I think I was going to take a note on it, and I just never did. But uh, but what do you think he was trying to convey? It almost looked like he was worried or 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 just or like shocked. I think he was just trying to be serious, like, okay. uh crap. Well... You know, this guy's oh. going off. We're going to see what happens. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's the way I took it. Right. Kind of like a, I'm not sure. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, Anything else about that? or? No. Okay. No, not really. Then we it was get... a classic promo, though. Good, good, yeah, good yeah, promo. Right. Yeah. I mean, those two <laughs> those two were, like, both great. So yeah. uh, then we get Mean Gene interviewing the Dream Team, <laughs> uh, which takes us to... Did I skip a match? Oh, no, I didn't. No. Okay. No. Uh, which takes us to match number five, which is the Rougeau brothers versus the Dream Team, along with Dino Bravo and Johnny Valiant. <laughs> uh, I didn't write down who won this. The Rougeaus won it, though, right? Yeah, that was a... And then uh, they turned on... That's right. The Rougeaus win uh, with help from no, Dino, Dino Bravo. Dream Team won. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Dream Team, Dream Team, team one. ones. Say that win, ten times. Yeah, with the help of Dino Bravo. Then why did they turn on Beefcake? You know what? I I missed something. Maybe something was edited out from this match. Okay. Because I I don't know why I didn't take good notes on this one, but because I was because uh, he gets involved in the next match right with Piper and Adonis, yes. and yeah. I couldn't remember. I'm like, why the hell is Beefcake out there, who's just a bad guy in the match before. I couldn't remember if they were teasing the but angle they, on but, TV or. Well, yeah, you know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that. But they left Beefcake there. Huh. The Dream Team and Johnny V left Beefcake in the ring with uh, the Rougeos. Nah. But I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what set that up honestly, and I, for whatever reason, I didn't write that down. So I had to go back and <laughs> uh, and check that out. Bravo was um, speaking French in the promo, though, which was nice. Oh, yeah, he was. Given it? that we used to watch international <laughs> wrestling out of right. Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> I, Federette, Federettes made their, the first time I noticed them on this card, watching it, the, yeah. the Federettes, the ones that took the ringer back and forth and right. did whatever, like their cheerleaders almost. <laughs> yeah. No heat in this match either. There hasn't been heat the entire card yet. No, not really. Uh, but that leads us to, like you mentioned, a video recap of the Piper Adonis feud. Uh, we get an interview with Roddy Piper. Mean Gene interviews Adonis along with Jimmy Hart, and then that takes us to match number six, the Hair versus Hair slash Piper retirement match. Uh, Piper and then and I think Piper was the first one that walks to the ring on this. Um, Piper beats Adonis with the sleeper, and then Beefcake ends up coming in to assist in the haircut of Adrian Adonis. Now, Bruce Beefcake has gone on record uh, 
I don't know if it's recent or I. It's not necessarily recent, but I, I I've just visited it recently because of him going to the Hall of Fame. I've watched a couple of his interviews and stuff. Or next, actually, I think he might have talked about this in his speech too. Uh, he hated the idea of being the barber. <laughs> I don't uh, blame him. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it you worked. Know, he, Got him all. You know, it did. It turned it turned him into the second baby face. <laughs> yeah. You know, the second top baby face in there. Um, you know, I'm sure he made a lot of money as that in that gimmick. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he did not want to be the barber because he was just kind of looking at it like, like, hey, I've spent all this time building up the heel, Brutus Beefcake, and now you're going to turn me into a, a barber. He didn't know what it what all it would entail. But uh, <laughs> welcome so to the, the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then the very first thing that he does is he tries to cut Adonis's hair with the Clippers, and the Clippers <laughs> don't work. This yeah. seems to happen a lot in hair versus hair matches in pro wrestling. So then he ends up having to cut, uh, you know, somebody hands him some scissors. He kind of cuts the hair of Adonis. Um, and, uh, you know, Adonis eventually cuts the rest of his hair off. But um, but the reason that Piper uh, was going to retire at this time, and he was not gone very long, I will say that, but uh, he had gotten electrocuted outside of the ring, and he didn't think that he would be able to continue to wrestle. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened, but hmm. he got electrocuted. Because I, I don't know if you remember, he had been gone for a while before that, and then he came back as the babyface. Well, wasn't he making and, a movie or something? Yeah, so I think I think he got electrocuted while he was making the movie. Uh, uh, either They Live or Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, probably They Live, but either way, yeah, I think he got electrocuted. When he was doing <laughs> He's that. electrocuted, eh? Yeah. But he looked fine in the match. I mean, because I was like... I, I don't know if I knew that. I don't think I knew that at the time. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he he looks, he was wrestling exactly the same as he always did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice any difference, but. Uh, How about the number of gimmicks used in this match? I mean, you had, you had like the clippers, you had, um, you know, the, the mirror. hedge trimmers, the mirror, the <laughs> fragrance bottle. Right. And then uh, the electric clippers. Oh, and by the way, the electric clippers never work. I was right. listening to Bruce yeah. Pritchard pointed this out. It's right. like in Texas, we never use the electric clippers because they don't work. You know, yeah. they, they're not strong enough. You always have right. to have them yeah. plugged in. And it makes sense. Yeah, that's what I yeah, that's what I just said. I was like, those those never work. Yeah. So that's why you had to go to those. But yeah, I can think of so many instances where they try to use those yeah. and they don't. But uh oh and I, I will point out that we did have a, a fan run in. But uh, luckily, he did not get. Well, I'm sure he did get his butt kicked after uh, off the screen. But you know, I think he was just so excited he ran in, hugged Piper. Um, you know, luckily, it, luckily it wasn't uh, somebody that was coming in to go after him. Yeah, I don't want to be going in the ring. With I mean, I'm sure it didn't end well end well for that fan anyway. But uh, and I remember you couldn't see it on the screen, but I remember like Piper like pointed at security coming for him. He's like, hey, you know, look out! Like after he like jumped on him, but. But yeah, I, you know, the guy just wanted a hug. Apparently, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crowd woke up for this match. This this when yeah. they first started getting loud. That's when I noticed. Really, yeah. How about Adonis being three hundred pounds and just like I forgot that he was that big. Just watching him, yeah. You know, because he could literally do anything like a two hundred forty pounder could. Like the way he bumps and moved. Yeah, athlete. Yeah, I half. mean, all all the weight that he ended up putting on, he still moved the same. Yeah. Uh, so, um, a, a lot of people think that the adorable gimmick 
um, kind of killed his career. You would have thought that he would have got. I mean, it seemed like they were trying to give him a heel push even after this. He and, and they kind of downplayed that gimmick a little bit after this. I don't know if you remember, but then so it seemed like they were trying to like push him as kind of a major heel, and the next thing you know, he's gone and he's in the AWA. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he was really trying to get rid of that gimmick. You know, <laughs> they, they were slowly chipping away at it, and then it worked for him. You know, people then. hated him for it. Oh yeah, you know, right. I, I mean. You know, that's the guy that embraced that gimmick. I yeah. Think. I mean, it's, he seemed to anyway. Yeah. He really embraced it. And, uh, and he kept you know, it long did, enough did in well AWA, you know? Even yeah. did the deal where he was taking his makeup and lipstick and putting it on Tommy Rich. You know? Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. But they were still trying to downplay it a little yeah. bit. They were still, like, trying to bring more of the old school tough guy Adrian Adonis yeah. into it. It was kind of like a mix. Yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, so then we get uh, Gorilla Monsoon, Mary Hart, Bob Uecker, and Jesse Ventura. Oh no, I I don't know, I don't know why I wrote that down. Any any they they might have just said something I don't know. But then we get just oh yeah, then Jesse Ventura goes to the ring, and to interview. Uh, did he go to interview the? No no no. Why did Jesse go to the ring? Oh, he, oh, he just oh, went to yeah. go to the ring to take uh, the dog, to, to end up taking Matilda out. But he just, but they, they sold it as him just wanting to go greet the crowd. Well, he, he was having pop. the movie, Predator movie coming up too, and that was kind of the, I think he was out there because of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that was the reason for him to take, take the dog. The real reason was him to be out there with the crowd because he's going to be in the Predator. Okay, but the real reason was so he could take the dog back. But, uh, but so then we get an interview with uh, the Hearts, Heart Foundation, Jimmy Hart, and Danny Davis, which leads us to match number seven, the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis versus the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana with Matilda. Um, this is another one that I'm pretty sure that the crowd thought was going to be sort of a squash that Danny Davis was going to get his butt kicked. Yeah. But it did not turn out that way, <laughs> and the Hearts and Danny Davis got the victory. Now, here's something that I didn't realize until I was watching it again. Um, you, you know, Tito was just kind of I, – I, I, I guess I just always thought that Tito was just kind of thrown into this match, but they talked about during the match that Danny Davis was the referee for when Tito lost the Intercontinental yeah. belt to Randy Savage yeah. and tried to act like that you know, that Danny had pulled some shenanigans or whatever or, or chose not to see what happened when he lost the belt. So that added a little bit to it anyway. Um, but, you know, decent enough match. Yeah. Eight minutes and 52 seconds. You know, I remember figuring out that, uh, like, Danny Davis, you know, he went to a wrestler from being a referee. That's the storyline. Yeah. But I remember figuring out that he was Mr. X while he was a referee, even before he wrestled as Danny Davis. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, and how about Yeah, Tito? I'm not sure, like, how how we figured that out. Maybe it was just the way that he moved. Well, it was a lot because he, it was always in Boston Garden. I think that was the deal. He would okay. wrestle as Mr. X there, oh, referee okay. there. Yeah. Yeah, and then right. there was, like, um, on his neck, he had, like, acne or something. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the shape. You could just, yeah. you, I remember just figuring it out. Yeah. How about Tito being over? 
Yeah, Tito was over huge, and Tito was like flying around the ring. I mean, that that was actually a, a, a good match. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you had to know that it would be. I mean, Danny Davis yeah. would really be the weak link in that match, and he did fine too. Yeah, I wish they would have just let him continue to be a wrestler because that guy was a freaking heat machine. I know. Yeah, but you know, for whatever reason they they didn't. And this is the thing, you know, that's like one of the reasons why I preferred the Southern wrestling is number one, they haven't had any heat so far. You know, like no good guy has just been taking a pounding, right? You know, and had to fight his way back from underneath. They don't do that. Yeah, you know. And then the other thing is the hot tag. Right. They like did kind of a quasi hot tag. You could say it's a tag team match, two sets of heat or whatever. The first set, whatever, it was a it was the only hot tag in the match. And it was like not even it was like halfway through the match they did this hot tag and they never went back to it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? When I was watching it too, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, it's cool to go back and watch and everything, but you know, it, it just it still doesn't compare because we we were such fans of of the territories and, yeah. and and all these guys that were coming from the territories that we'd seen work a totally different style and then now now are working this style. Yeah, the Midwest, just, New York style. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I did think about that while I was watching it, but um, yeah, it was a good match. But I just thought it should be better. Just look at all the talent in there, you know. You're yeah. expecting, but you know, pretty much. I mean, there's there's a couple standout matches. Everything else was just kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, kind you know, of what, I thought a, what the same a, thing. What I, it was I, uh, at the time, I didn't think it was a great card. No. You know, and then watching no. it again, it's like, mm. yeah. You know, it's kind of like watching a so like, far though extended house show. So far or with a so, weekend show. So far with all of the WrestleManias, though, I think we could say the same thing. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, the matches were what they were. They <laughs> they they did probably didn't. You know, obviously they can't give them a ton of time because. They got to do what they got to do. So, yeah, it was that's, just that's another thing. It's just the finishes, that, really. I mean, yeah. that's what it, the Pat Patterson WWF finish, you know. Right. No yeah. heat, more ha ha, just kind of. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the managers were getting all the heat. That's where all the heat went this entire card. Yeah, they got a ton of it. Uh, so then we go to Mean Gene, uh, a Mean Gene interview with Andre and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, then we go to match number eight, which is Butch Reed, the natural, with Slick against Coco Beware. Uh, Butch ends up reversing a Coco body press and I believe grabs the tights for the three count on this one. Um, yeah, oh, one thing, one thing that I noticed, though, is that they didn't dub over Coco's music, which was not even one of their original songs. He was still coming out to the bird by the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what is going on? They like, <laughs> they like dove over one of their own songs, but they let, uh, the bird play. Yeah. There's gotta be a reason for it. Uh, do some gumshoe investigative work. See if I can yeah, figure that be, out. There's gotta be something. So <laughs> Tito Santana ends up coming in at the end and ripping, uh, slicks clothes off. I don't remember what was going on there. Was there was there a feud with with Butch Reed and Tito, or were they trying to build up a, a feud between? Those I, I don't two remember how they got time? into that. Yeah, they didn't even really mention it. What, he was just he came out there and ended up tearing his clothes off. Slick was doing some awesome cane shots though. <laughs> yeah, I he mean did, more he manager did, yeah. heat. They're the only ones that got heat the whole card. You know. Yeah. He's putting <laughs> right putting the cane into him. No, I just I just heard this recently, or maybe I had heard it back. 
back in the day, but I'd never realized that Slick was uh, Rufus R. Jones's kid. Was he his kid? I thought he was. I'm pretty sure it's his like kid. related somehow, but I'm pretty sure it's because I know he's from St. Louis. He was in that in that scene over there in Kansas City. I'm pretty sure it's his son because oh, I because okay. I always remember right. thinking, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Like you know, he, he just comes in, but I I, I have to look, I have to check for sure. But I think I think I read that he was his son. Huh? He uh, good, which makes good like likelihood makes, of that. That's for sure. Yeah, makes sense now. Yeah, why he got the push that he got, but uh, or even why he got hired. Yeah, because I was, was like, good. I had never seen that guy before with the territories that we were able to see. Yeah, never saw anything about him in the magazines or anything, and then he just shows yeah, up. Yeah, he was in Kansas City, like the wasteland. You know. Yeah. Same with um, they got slick and. Dusty Rhodes uh, ballet, Sapphire. Oh, that's right. Yeah. From from over there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Same thing with her. I had never seen her or heard of her, yeah. I don't think. And then she just shows up. Uh, that takes us to video recap of Randy Macho Man Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat feud. We get a Randy Savage interview with Mean Gene, and then we get a interview with ricky the dragon steamboat um i like how they had the uh did the did the old school interview with the doctor (laughs) oh yeah right yeah yeah so leading up to this match uh was what we see in the video recap was uh randy savage at one point had injured ricky the dragon's throat uh for a long time he was selling it that he could not um he could not speak yeah, uh, or at least not speak very well. And Bruno had to uh, shove a plastic pipe down Steamboat's throat after it happened because his throat was closing up like an emergency tray. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, but that takes us to match number nine, which is the Intercontinental Title match between these two. And uh, Steamboat comes out with George the Animal Steel, uh, Randy Savage obviously with Miss Elizabeth. Many consider this one of the greatest matches of all time, including myself. Uh, Steamboat ends up winning with a small package out of a body slam after George Animal Steel pushes Randy the Macho Man Savage off the top rope. Um, now, the story is now that they plan this match out for like a month, which I can see. Yeah, because Savage I, liked to do that. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, and somebody else... I've I've heard of a few guys that like do that, but definitely yeah. At the time, de- definitely Dallas Page, but he was a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Savage, um, like to do that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just uh, just a great match. Yeah, two counts still holds up. Um, you you know, especially if you compare it with the other matches on the card. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's even better. Really, I mean, obviously, you got two of the biggest names in the business with Hogan and Andre in the main event, but match-wise, this one still blew that one away. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, it was definitely the best match on the card. But I'm gonna, I, I got a different takeaway from this after watching it because I haven't watched that match in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at before I'd thinking, gosh, I wouldn't they, wish they wouldn't have had George Steele in that whole haha thing they had to do. You know, kind of took away from it. Yeah, but, I agree. I, I, I even felt that way at the time. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's like he's gonna wreck it, you know. Yeah, but you know, because he's the hometown guy. Yeah, and 
uh, he had been involved with the in the feud with with Randy trying to get Elizabeth up until this point. Yeah. So, but it made sense from that aspect. I came away as I don't think this is as good now from my test of time as I thought it was maybe 15 years ago. And definitely like during the time. It's it's a really good match. I mean, by far maybe one of the best WrestleMania matches. But, yeah. you know, like when I'm watching this, I'm like, man, that WrestleMania 2 tag team match with the Funks and Santana and Dog. I think that I like that better than this one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I did. I, I would have to watch it again. I mean, I I really liked that match too. Watching it again, I'm I'm saying the Funks and yeah. JYD and Tito, but but I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I thought these guys needed more time. It was 14 minutes 35 seconds, because okay. and in a lot of it, doing all of it, and maybe it's because like now every that's all everybody does is two counts. Nobody knows how to do a one count. They don't know how to work a count, right? Yeah. And there were so many like two counts in it. Maybe that's why I kind of tarnished my view of it is because it's kind of a prelude to like a modern match. It's really good though, but I, I just, I don't, I don't have as much reverence for it as I had before. Well, I don't think I do either, but just for the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and everything I, I, I still think in the build up and, I, and I just remember like, you know, just the crowd reaction to it and just the back and forth and, you know, just, yeah. just, uh, just, just like nonstop. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, and those two which, could go which nonstop. Is more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that was more like the style that you and I liked, uh, and that we were kind of used to. Yeah. Really. Uh, from the other, um, you know, from like the territories and the southern promotions. But notice how Savage was. He got a pretty good ovation, and Ventura even noted that Savage is over in Detroit. He did. I mean, and and watching it again, I I almost thought. They they could they really ran the risk of <clears throat> that switching around, you know, Steamboat not getting the the reaction. Although, yeah. but he did. I mean, he still got a huge reaction. But that's kind of what happened later on, with in his feud with Flair when Steamboat went to WCW. Over yeah. the crowd, kind of ended up siding with Flair. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, di- different times. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I noticed they edited music or Steamboat's music out. Which, gosh, I I hate when they do that. You know. I didn't, I didn't notice that part. Yeah. Um, and then Steamboat's arm drags. You know, he's known for his arm drags. Yeah. But I've been watching some old Jack Briscoe, and I know where he got him from. Yes. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And I'm sure if you asked him, he would tell you the same thing. It, it, have you heard him? Or I, that's had to be um, where he got him from. Not off the top of my head. I don't yeah. know if I've heard that. But, you know, he came from that territory, too. Yeah. So I'm sure he did. There's no way that he didn't get him from Jack Briscoe. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, and great reaction for the finish, like you're saying. I mean, that, that was a great match. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely one of the all-time greatest WrestleMania matches, possibly one of the all-time greatest matches of all time. I mean, really. It's it, it's it's up there. Um, <clears throat> then we go to a Mean Gene interview with Jake the Snake Roberts, along with Alice Cooper. Another hometown boy. Yeah. Uh, and then we get an interview with Jimmy Hart and the Honky Tonk Man, which takes us to match number 10. Obviously, Jake versus Honky Tonk Man. Uh, and um, the, the, the lead up to this. Actually, this was, Jake never really had 
a babyface turn. Kind of the babyface turn was was him getting hit with the with the guitar. Yeah. In right in the uh, snake pit. Yeah. He, that was pretty much it. Uh, I really noticed Jake's pop on this one. Yeah. I, I, I think he got up to this point. I think he got possibly one of the biggest pops. You know, I was thinking of that. Was was his bigger than Piper's? I don't know. I mean, it was comparable. Because I, I thought of I thought about that. I'm like, man, those, those are pretty close. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't. It probably wasn't as big as Piper's, but but it, it was pretty big. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, maybe that was the. I, I I doubt it had anything to do with Alice Cooper. Well, I, I mean, think his honky tonk man was so over as a bad guy too. I wrote that down. Right. He just yeah. I mean, he had the biggest bad guy reaction so far. Yeah, and and here's an and this is another one that I thought. Uh, and I think a lot of people thought that Jake would definitely win this match, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he didn't honky tonk man, uh, rolls him up and grabs the ropes and gets the pin. Um, <laughs> then after the match, <laughs> uh, honky tonk kind of takes off. They grab Jimmy Hart and put Damien all over him. Uh, one <laughs> thing that I thought was funny was Ventura and, Monsoon kind of burying um, Alice Cooper in the way that he looked. You know, yeah. Jesse Venturi even said that uh, he's got one of those sunken chests instead of one of those <laughs> expanding chests or whatever. And yeah. uh, and Gorilla even threw in something about how he never sees any gym time or yeah, or whatever. Of course, he he's like... a rock and roll guy, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, right. A couple but... of notes on that. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, to me, this was probably the third best match. Yeah, I, I'd marked it as as one of the best ones on there for sure. Yeah, and and not that they did a whole lot, but just uh, just what they did do and the way they did it, it was just a little bit different than some of the other stuff. Yeah, that they did. I think I had this uh, pegged at my number two match. Okay. Yeah, two or three. I mean, you know, with the heart the heart match in there, you yeah. know, I mean, really. They they got a little bit more time, you know. They got seven minutes and four seconds. At least they got that much and not four minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, from there, oh, I'll go ahead. Yeah, one. Alice Cooper. Um, a couple of notes I had here. He actually had a had a barn and a home in Southern Orion, Northern Auburn Hills up here here in Michigan. Oh, okay. I just wanted to get that out. It's pretty close to uh, where my house is. I, I know a guy who's got a couple of the. Uh, uh, barn trusses. Oh, okay. Out and he has some. He had them to block off his uh, like frame in a basement. Oh, okay. Basement door is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, they, he called it the house of a uh, uh, home of heavy metal. <laughs> oh yeah. And actually, they wrote some songs, like some hit songs, out in that barn, like playing. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to know how like how over the honky tonk man was. I always like every time I see him, it's like you just forget how people hated that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this this really was kind of the launching pad for him, I would say, because up until that point, well, I mean, obviously they brought him in and tried to make him a baby face that totally blew up in their face. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it really was that long before this that that he had become a heel, um, and then obviously after after this, uh, Ricky Steamboat wasn't around very long, wanted to leave, spend yeah. time with his family. So, uh, you know, the story goes that Butch Reed was supposed to take the Intercontinental title from Ricky. No showed the event. So then they went to Honky Tonk Man. 
and then that turns into the greatest intercontinental run of all time. Yeah, still really. to this day. Yeah, no kidding. I don't think it's debatable. No, Jake, uh, no stranger to uh, big um, dome shows. He was on the Superdome show for UWF Mid South in '86. Is that the one where he got punched by uh, Muhammad Ali and, and no sold it, or that was or no? the one before he fought okay. Humongous on the '86 one? He was a good guy. Okay, or maybe it was '85. I got the years wrong. Okay. Oh, another way. No, no way Ventura's grammar would be allowed on WWE television today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. I mean, he just he talked just like you know a couple guys. Yeah. Flapping over beer, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> in a heart and honky tonk, man, just pelted, just brutalized with garbage on the way back. Yes. It was almost as bad as the Andre. Yeah, and one. they ran back. The, those two walked yeah. back. They didn't They didn't ride back the little gimmick. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they made the uh, record, indoor record attendance announcement after that. Yeah. Yeah. Mean Gene comes out, gives the attendance record 93,173. Everybody <laughs> claps for themselves. Dave Meltzer must have been there and counted. Because he immediately disputed it and has disputed it all these years. Yeah, well, it's Meltzer, so he's probably wrong. <laughs> I remember thinking that guy was a tool in high school. <laughs> so then we get uh, what should be the popcorn match, but it actually <laughs> still gets a decent reaction, yeah. surprisingly. <laughs> I have a lot on this <laughs> Which is match number 11. <laughs> uh, the Iron Sheik of Nikolai Volkov with Slick. Versus the Killer Bees, who actually get a nice pop as well. Bigger mm. pop than I would have remembered or yeah. thought that they would have got. Me too. Um, also, Duggan comes out. I should say this. Hexa Duggan comes out and stops Nikolai Volkov from singing the Russian National Anthem. How before, disrespectful. Takes a seat at ringside to make sure that Volkov is not going to sing the national, the Russian National Anthem. Um but uh, go ahead on what you got on this. <laughs> Besides what I said, because because I was I was shocked at the reaction that this match got. I mean, really, you you've already just seen ten matches that vary in quality. Everybody knows that the main event is coming up. Uh, you know, it, I'm thinking that they purposely placed this right before the main event so people could go get a snack or use the bathroom yeah, or whatever. It was, but it's still over. Yeah, <laughs> it's still got a great reaction from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Quickly for booking cards, it's kind of you know this WrestleMania is is like a, a brief lesson on that. We had Bundy earlier, right? Mm-hmm. WrestleMania two, he was in the main event at, with Hogan, and now he's in you know a midget match, like a, a six yeah. man you know gimmick match. Right. But that's just how you move people up and down the ladder. Like Bundy couldn't stay on for a whole other year and have another main event with Hogan, you know. Right. So it just shows how they kind of move people down, bring him down, back up. And then this one with Sheik and Volkov, you know, like you said, a popcorn match, getting somebody ready for the main event. But I don't know, man. <laughs> Sheik and Volkov, and I, I noticed this on the other WrestleMania. They are so over. People hate them. as They were hated as much as the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. You know, in the match, in their matches, like watching them now, they're a lot better than what I remember. Yes, I agree with that also. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so if it was meant to, and I thought the same thing, it was meant to just be put in there, but damn, those guys were heat machines. Yeah. You know, I, there's a I, reason why they were champs. There's a reason why they're on TV. Hell, Nikolai Volkov fighting Hogan on Saturday night's main event. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
awesome. Nice pop for a, a uh, Duggan. Like you said, nice nice cheer for the Killer Bees. I kind of, I almost, I credit that more with Sheik and Volkov being so hated. I don't know. I, I And they I'm, were I'm, over, but. I'm going to say, I'm going to disagree with you because. You might be right. Because I, because before they even got introduced, like when they first started coming out of the, of the rampway, you could hear the crowd like audibly starting to cheer for them. Yeah. And then, and then they come down and then they announce them again and then they get another decent pop. Yeah. But as soon as the crowd saw them. They got a decent pop, but yeah, you might right. be right though. I mean, who knows? That's that's probably got a lot to do with it. But there's no denying the the popularity of the Killer Bees at the time either. Yeah, really, I know. I mean, they were they were popular. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that they never even that they never won the belts. If they would have stuck around longer, they probably would have because you know their their tag team scene started to diminish a little bit right after. But um, yeah, they kind of started pulling the plug on it. Yeah. Now. I was going to ask you this. Anybody that knows uh, about like the Iron Sheik and, and his guys are underrated. His... I'm calling it right now. Who <laughs> Sheik and Volkov? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but uh, like I said, anybody that knows about the Iron Sheik, like the last so many years, uh, I think it started on Howard Stern calling B. Brian Blair out, saying he's going to make him humble, saying he's going to do all this stuff to him. <laughs> Now, did this start with this? Did it, did it had something to do with this match, didn't it? I mean, I'm trying to remember. I, the I was, story, I was I watching for so. it, and I didn't see anything. Yeah, I don't. But I, I don't think. But it he. Did. But I know that Sheik has mentioned WrestleMania three before. Yeah, and when he, he would. when he's ranting about B. Brian Blair. Yeah. Uh, but a- anyway, the finish comes when uh, the Sheik's got Blair in the camel clutch. Duggan comes in and whacks the Sheik with the two by. Two before, as Bill Watts would call it, um, getting the DQ victory for Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Now, I should mention this, that they were uh, a couple of your top guys in your LJN League, Sheik and Volkov, yeah. for a long time. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good match, but no. then again, no heat, and it was a WWF-like finish, you know? Yeah, I mean... All the finishes have been, for years, I mean, just kind of like... Right, the same. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean, it was all built the same up. Cadence. It was all built up for Duggan to come in there and yeah. you know, right. Uh, and Duggan was like fresh in there. Yeah, he had been he in was, there only was, a couple like, months, really probably. There. Yeah, <laughs> um, a couple months so, on TV anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of remembering some of the thoughts like going in. I was like, man, you know, Duggan's already pretty popular. I bet you he's going to get a big push, and you know, he. You know, he, he had matches like uh, WrestleMania four. I think he he was in the tournament. Um, I don't remember who beat him, but I don't What's think it? I don't think he DiBiase? made it. I think DiBiase beat him. I don't or think DiBiase. he made it. I don't think he made it. He didn't make it to the finals because that was savage. But he made it farther than I thought. But you know, Duggan was hugely popular, but you know, never did, never really ended up doing a whole lot yeah. in there, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Really changed the way, like, you know, I was a big fan of his in the UWF. He had just come from there into WWF. Obviously, like I said, most of these guys that we had seen uh, in the territory scene um, had to change the way that they worked. Duggan was a huge example of that. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you go back and watch some of uh, his Mid-South and UWF stuff, he was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, he was over big time. Yeah, but he got to come to New York and take it a little easy, um, <laughs> which which a lot of those guys did. But yeah, well, uh, you got to figure they the were bigger, traveling up and down days. the road too. You know, yeah, <clears throat> not like they weren't in, in mid south, but that eventually is wearing on you, right? Um, you got anything else on that? Just a surprise. Someone posted in the, um, in the room of Eric Cherry, what was the sleeper, uh, hidden gem of the show? And I, I put Sheik and Volkov against the killer bees. Like if there was a match that just completely, like I was looking at it and didn't expect like yeah. that reaction or anything, uh, that would have been the match. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I was surprised at it, too, mainly of the reaction from the crowd, but I think I would still go with Honky Tonk Man and Jake Roberts. Um, again, none of these matches were great. <laughs> Looking back on it, I mean, besides besides Savage and Steamboat, I would not classify any of these matches as great. Yeah, I could put they, four of them as good, one great. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they were what they were. Um, you know, they... Or three they, good, one great. Yeah, I mean, they topped off some feuds, and they started some other feuds. Yeah. That that was pretty much the purpose of what was going on here. Well, that was kind of um, like this year's WrestleMania. They had all those short matches. Oh, Jesus, how many matches did they have on that card? 24 or something? I don't remember, but it just seemed like it went on and on and on. Yeah, but, and it was boring. Oh, God. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, the, we were going to talk about that, but then we, be too we decided better. Yeah, it's like all we'd be doing was, yeah, it would, I would just leave with a bad attitude. Yeah, you can so. go find that. It's hard enough not to be negative <laughs> on here, but if you want if you want the crap on it, you can go find that on the internet somewhere. Exactly. We'll do it one of these days. Yeah, the, it does have a lot of defenders because I was I was vocal about uh, my disdain for it a little bit somewhat on, on social media and uh, – I, I saw a lot of people getting upset with the naysayers, but uh, yeah, different style, different fans, you know. Yeah, and, and and you know what? It's not because it's just the current stuff. Because I I really enjoyed. I want to say I really enjoyed the last two WrestleManias, but this one I thought was just sloppy and uh, boring. Dead. Just uh, yeah. No just, no oomph. Yeah, but it, but it was really sloppy. Honestly, I I just felt it was, you know. I'm sorry if I expect these guys that are at the top of their game, at the top show Screw it, let's of, have it. of the year <laughs> to, to be as sloppy as they are. Yeah. To botch as much as they botch. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Um, that's just how I feel. Going back to this, yeah, the matches were simpler, the matches were shorter, but there weren't any botches. It wasn't even the botches, though. It was just well, like that's the, what was irritating. aggressive. You well, know? that that too, yeah. I mean, it was just it was just the way the way that it was, but it really, but the botches really irritate me, especially on that stage, you know. Yeah. It, but anyway, I digress. You just can't Let's get, get it back if you're to... scripting everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. Period. You can't get somebody if right. if you're whether it be an interview, a match, or whatever. You give them the points main points, and then let them do their thing. I, I have no basis for this. You and I discussed it. My theory is that they give them a big rah-rah speech, and then they go out there and they think that they need to do something. They need they need to be like all jacked up, and they need to do all this stuff, and then they screw up. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, that's you know my, what? That's my opinion. If people are buying, no matter what it is, if, if people are buying something where they're going to a store, going to a wrestling match, they're going to purchase it on what they've seen so far. You know, and you take that to wrestling. Why have a big 
you know, like a big card. And then all of a sudden you're wrestling different. You're falling off at buildings when people paid to see the headlock. Not really, but, you know, they paid to see the two flips you normally do, not the eight off of the rafters on the big show. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't even care about any of this. stuff. If, <laughs> if they would have just worked, you know, if they would have just worked regular matches that uh, that were solid and tight and not. Uh, I Honestly, I think Miz and Shane was one of the worst WrestleMania matches that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Shane McMahon should not be wrestling. He should not be. That's another thing that I was thinking about when I was watching it. For 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 people that make their livelihood, I'm going to throw Vince in here too. That that make their livelihood and 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 have been around the wrestling business for as long as they have. They are some crappy wrestlers. Vince well, was a crappy wrestler. I mean, would Jim Barnett be a good wrestler? You know. Probably not. I'm not saying you have to be, but it just seems like you would have picked up more than that. <laughs> I, you know, and I know that Shane trained, but his punches were horrible. Yeah, his punches have always well, been everybody's horrible. Everybody's punches are horrible just, in there. But his his were worse. his were like, don't you don't you remember that he was like, yeah, the, the, uh, missing with like every shot, and they just it just looked so bad. But well, it's the whole deal where they're just not promoting realism. They're promoting a a show, and really that's. You know, that that's the bottom line about the different styles and the different eras and whatnot. That between, like, a Ring of Honor or somebody else, they're just promoting a different product. And I agree. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Bad. All right. Anyway, so there's there's my little rant about this year's WrestleMania. Um, let's get back to happier, simpler times. <laughs> <laughs> So then we get uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. So then we get a Mean Gene interview with Andre and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, <laughs> not you- not not much of an interview. I mean, Andre says what he's got to say. Heenan's all excited. Yeah. Did because- you notice how excited? <laughs> like he was legitimately just it on like cloud it, yeah. nine. It it definitely seemed that way. Yeah. Then we get the video recap uh, of the feud and um, an interview with Hulk Hogan again. <laughs> then we get Bob Euchre as the ring announcer who introduces the timekeeper, Mary Hart. Um, and then we get the the main event, the World Heavyweight Championship match, match number 12, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Um I remember sitting there thinking, I, I believed wholeheartedly that Andre the Giant was going to win that match yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, I should have known better at that point, but I, I guess I just figured because Hulk had had it for three years, um, you know, had kind of gone through like all the challengers, all, all, all like the other heels in there. Yeah. Uh, so I just figured that this was the way that they were going to get the title off Hogan. <laughs> Finally, um, but uh, so I remember watching this match, thinking, "Oh yeah, I, I remember like some of my thoughts when I was watching it uh, in the arena, and just thinking, oh well, the, well, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, then Andre's gonna win.' But alas, none of that happened. <laughs> we get Hulk Hogan, sweet, sweet alas. We get Hulk Hogan with the body slam eventually into the leg drop and three count." 
and Hulk Hogan retains in one of the biggest heavyweight matches of all time, and not just in stature, but, uh, you know, not just the wrestler's stature, but just uh, of all time. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, that's got to be top. Because when they when the WWF or WWE does an attendance record now, like one of their previous WrestleManias, the attendance out-attended this one. Yeah. I think the just, one in just, Texas, just, maybe. Uh, it was pretty recent. Yeah, just San Antonio, maybe. Years. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was just the last But I don't might count have been those. Florida, but. I mean, this, this was like a prize fight feel. <laughs> this was like <laughs> a – it wasn't the show, you know, the whole pomp and circumstance. It, this was like one main event selling this whole thing. Really, that's what it was. Yeah. It, it, a completely it really different animal than what they do nowadays. Right. It was different times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's one thing that um, – that, that that's one big change that I don't think people realize. And I got to credit – I actually have to credit, as far as you and I go, uh, probably ECW for this because all the way up until ECW, if we were going to go to a show, I remember – the questions we would ask, we'd be like, well, what's the main event? What, yeah. are, the, what are the matches on it? Yeah. But then when ECW came along, they kind of changed things where it was just like, you're just going to see it because it's ECW. Right. And then WWF kind of took that into what it is now where it's just, you know, yeah, it, do, it doesn't really matter. It's just WWE's in town, so you're going to go see it. Yeah. Not, not you and I, but I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember back on our shows at the, uh, at the studio in late 90s. You know, talking about how McMahon is trying to change the WWE. It's what it looked like to me, anyway, away from stars and more in to just plug and play wrestlers, you know, like yeah. not really. And it's kind of like that now. It's, you right. know, like ECW, there isn't anybody that really sticks out. It's the overall product, if you will. Yeah. And, and you've coined the phrase, well, I don't. I, I'm, I'm thinking you coined it. You were the first one that ever said it to me, and I've really never heard anybody else say it. Of pop wrestling, yeah, I think and I that's, did. <laughs> and that's yeah, and that's exactly where we're at right now. Yeah, really, it's pop. Every pop kills everything. It kills wrestling. <laughs> it kills music genres. It does <laughs> kills yeah. cartoons. I mean, no matter <laughs> movies, no matter what it is. Yeah, it's like a bunch of locusts coming in and just destroying things. Yeah, I agree. Um. So anyway, you know. <laughs> Uh, the impact of WrestleMania three, um, not only in this area. I mean, it was huge, and I remember like non wrestling fans, um, you know, kind kind of gravitating towards it for a while after WrestleMania three because yeah. it was such a huge thing. You know, eventually they fell out of it again, but um, but just um, just one of the biggest wrestling events of all time. No denying it. You know what? I want to go back to the match for a second. Because okay. this was one of the best from a like a working professional wrestling perspective. This was one of the best matches that Hogan ever did. You think so? His selling. Because he had to Well, he sold to the whole thing. And that's right. and that's what I was thinking. Right. One of one of the complaints that you had about this year's WrestleMania was about how everybody just kind of laid around. Yeah. But I did notice like Hogan almost immediately started doing that. In yeah. this match, he he wasn't, but he was he wasn't just laying there. He was moving. no right. You know he True. had he couldn't do anything but sell in this match. There just wasn't any way around it. Like yeah. when you watch him in the bear hug, you know you're watching it live. You're going, Jesus, 
you know? Yeah. I got time to go to the bathroom. But, right. like, watching it from a different perspective now, Hogan worked that bear hug. He was, I mean, that whole match was just Hogan making Andre look like whatever he could. Yeah. And I thought it was, I mean. Yeah, even the initial. It was brilliant. Even the initial couple of body slams that Andre gave Hogan right off right off the bat. Yeah. The way that he sold them. Yeah. I mean, he was just, I mean, it wasn't overselling, but it was just the the way that he sold it. I noticed that also. Yeah, because he and, um, sold big right at the beginning because he's a big guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and he, he just sold. The, I thought it was, a, you know, looking at it now compared to back then, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you and I were not, were not Hogan fans. No. At, at the time, I am more now than I was back then. <laughs> you know, me, me too, and and it wasn't because, and I understood Hulk's popularity oh, yeah. back then, but I just personally, for whatever reason, you know, it's, and I mean, believe me, if Hulk Hogan was going to be on a show that we were going to, that that was a selling point, but uh, but we still rooted against him. Yeah, we wanted <laughs> our wrestlers to wrestle. Uh, as a, as a matter of fact, I, I think we mentioned this before, probably the next show, maybe not. Yeah, it probably was probably, it, it could have been the next show that we went to was another show at the Silverdome. Uh, and the main event was Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. against Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase, but they, they had tarped off half the arena. Yeah. Um, you had a giant Omania sign. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, in the Andre the Giant T-shirt, and and you and I were like down on the floor, and we were standing and, and cheering for the heels. And I think we were probably the only two people in that arena rooting for Andre. I would say so. And DiBiase, and I thought that we, I, I seriously thought at one point we might not make it out of there. I did too. Because you were running up and down the floor with that sign. And you were getting as much heat as anybody. Know, and then you and I had tailed it out of there as soon as like Hogan got the pin. And people, <laughs> oh, and I swear, yeah, people right. were yelling at us <laughs> yeah. when we were going up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had some heat in that place. Like for piston games, I'd walk in there with my Celtic attire on. <laughs> Not, wasn't very smart, but yeah, that, that was, that was, that card was a, that was a fun memory. Sitting next to those people, we always had to sit next to, yeah, we the have... two worst people you could possibly sit next to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, for the Hogan match. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say we'd always pick the the. We always ended up next to the people that had the worst hygiene possible. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like. But anyway. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I digress. No Hulk up. Again. No Hulk up and comeback on this one. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, that's two WrestleManias in a row. Three. He didn't Hulk up on the first one either. Like the old school That's classic, right. somebody's right. beating the tar out of him. He's bleeding like a stuck pig, and he's coming up from his knees, and he does the whole shake. None of that. <laughs> That's right. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. One issue that I, if I do have an issue, my issue, my issue is when he is bouncing Andre's head off of the turnbuckles, I don't think Andre should have sold it the way that he did. <laughs> because they had established that Andre had one of the biggest, most hardest yeah, that's true. heads in wrestling okay later on yeah when he goes to headbutt hogan against excuse me against the uh the post the ring post on the outside and hogan moves out of the way and he hits it which eventually led to uh led to the end yeah. at that point i was starting to worry i remember i was like oh well, maybe hogan is gonna win this but um you know that makes a little bit more sense 
that that he would sell that, but I don't think he should have sold just the regular turnbuckle shirt. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, credit for Andre for getting up for the body slam. That's kind of overlooked, but somebody at, you know, in his condition in that big is able to get his body in the proper position. A lot of people can't do that. There's probably people in the business that can't do that. Get up for a body slam, and he was able to. Yeah, get up for Hogan. So yeah, the only other disappointing thing was uh, when Hogan moved part of the mat off and was going to. Oh, yeah. uh, what was he going to do? Like he got him in pile driver position, yeah. and then Andre gave him a uh, excuse me, gave him a uh, back body drop out of it. He was kind of like in the position where he was against the ring. It it just kind of it just didn't look that great. Yeah, they didn't have that to was, do uh, that. You know that was no, you know no. I mean no, that could have been it could have been a big spot. Yeah. In the match, but it just it kind of that that was probably really the only botch, if you could consider it a botch, probably on the whole show that I really noticed. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, and Euchre Euchre making the ring announcement as Hogan the winner, I think that took some of the steam off of it. I always yeah. think when they have celebrities doing that stuff, you know, because you used to like a Howard Finkel, you know, the winner of the match, right? You know, yeah. And then well, people go crazy. I, I mean, I don't really remember, but I think they started downplaying a lot of the celebrities after, especially after this one. Probably because um, they really don't need them. No, they you don't. Know? And I think they realize that. I mean, especially yeah. after WrestleMania three, I think they really realized that they don't need them to to sell anything. Um, but uh, I eventually we'll get to uh, WrestleMania four. Um, and, and we'll see if, if what I just said holds true because I don't necessarily remember. Um, but uh, any any final thoughts on WrestleMania three before we close the show out? Today? Yeah, it was, a, it was a good show, much better than the WrestleMania this year. But I don't even know. I mean, it was just blah. You know, I was so surprised how... I mean, being there was one thing. Being there back in yeah. 1980. And you knew it wasn't a great show when you were there. But yeah. it was the atmosphere. You're there live, which That's, is completely different. You right. know, you're there with buddies and right. And, and like I said, though, too. I mean, it was the culmination of a lot of feuds. Yeah. Um. You know, it was the beginning of a lot of of new storylines and characters that from from that point on. But uh, good, but, good show. But yeah, you know? I mean, plus at the time, we didn't know that Piper would be back in a year or two. So you're thinking <laughs> yeah. you're thinking you're really seeing his retirement match. <laughs> um. Just uh, and then you get to see what they build as the first meeting between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, which it was not. Yeah, they but, did the Shea Stadium still, and they had matches down south and wherever. It, yeah, and then you get to see that one of the greatest matches of all time, uh, <laughs> Randy Savage and, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, but but yeah, I mean it was more about the atmosphere of it and the uh, the scope of it than than anything else. But but yeah, going back. And, and revisiting it, um, you know, match-wise, it just, yeah, it, it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. You it got a few a good matches out. Big, huge event, you know, and it was, yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people would probably like to have something like that now. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. But, but uh, by all means, we're talking like Andre, you know, if, if, if you're just remembering Andre for this WrestleMania three match, don't. Oh no! Go out to YouTube and watch some of his stuff from the seventies and his matches with Stan Hansen in Japan. I mean, Andre could move. He was an athlete before. A lot of people seen the documentary, 
you know, just go out and look at some other stuff. And it just kind of puts the Andre match in a little more perspective. Yeah. If you're exactly. a newer fan, you're saying, why would people vote for that guy? You know? Right. Kind of like we did coming in, you'd see an older guy and he just wasn't what yeah. he was. And then you see some of the old stuff and you're like, ah, oh, I get it. Well, Andre himself, I, I, I did not get Andre as a baby face. Yeah. I mean, either. Um, <laughs> because it was like the old Andre that could barely move. Uh, so I did not understand that aspect of it. And it, but then when it, well, you know, we've talked about this before the heel turn, you can get away with a lot more, you know, yeah. heel Andre could get away with not doing as much. Yeah. And, and so, so then I started to, to like Andre. Um, but, uh, hell, he was working good with Kamala and big John stud, you know, prior to this, I think, how old was he here? 38, maybe. 35 at this WrestleMania? Um, he man, died when he was when 43. He and that 43? was 94, maybe? So he had to be... 93? I think it was 93. So... Yeah, so... Yeah, right. Uh, early, late 30s, mid yeah. you know, mid to late 30s. He had that yeah. gigantism disease or whatever, they, and it just made him appear right. so much older, you know? Yeah. You would have thought he was Dick the Bruiser out there, 55 <laughs> years old, lugging around, but... Well, you know, there are just some wrestlers that always seem old, like Harley, yeah. Harley Race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they so. didn't, you know, they looked the same because they didn't do all the gas and everything, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, and, look at Vern Gagne. The Andersons and Vern and, yeah, yeah there's a bunch Great of Great shape. So, Tremendous yeah. athlete. Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I think this wraps it up this week. Um, again, thank you, Brace Beamer, for being here and your expert analysis. Oh, it was a pleasure being here, and great job. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and uh, as always, keep... Thanks to anybody who's uh, listening out there, joining us online, or yes, thank just you listening along, or anybody who uh, downloads and watches us later on. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, just keep catch, keep checking the Butch Blood Facebook page for future updates, and hopefully we will see everyone next week. And take care. MWO, you're all. Three, oh, it's the magic number. Yeah, it is. It's the magic number. Somewhere in that ancient mystic trinity.